Danny. And this is Molly. And we are here with a guest. I am very excited to introduce you to Derek from the Ratchet Book Club. Hi, Derek. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Oh, I'm 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 hyped. I'm ready. For That's this probably movie. about the cleanest aspect you're gonna get out of me is the intro. <laughs> like, I know this fucking book. I know this shit. I <laughs> like hello. Now we're gonna get to the cursing. The ratchet. This is the therapy part of the uh, episode where we just let it all off and let it all go. That's true. I had this thought. Do you think the authors ever look for like when we did this could be us, but you play? And I had a minor concern that. Cash it, like, come. Um, Cash it followed us. Did she? <laughs> she never said anything, but she followed us. Oh, she didn't unfollow, so maybe, hey. So, yes, yeah, so this episode, we are reading Loving My Wife and Her Sister Too by Lady Lisa and Shelly Marie. Two people, y'all. Two people wrote this book. That's, you got to keep that in mind. It took <laughs> two people to write this bullshit. Like, I really just, whenever I read a book, and I've been reading... Okay, so. Yes, introduce yourself. Let us know your background. With, so, with I've been fiction. podcasting for 13 years. Okay. Um, and so I got tired of doing the shit that I usually do. And so I retired from podcasting in that I just moved into doing stuff that I actually wanted to do. And what I wanted to do was read books. So I started the Ratchet Book Club. Uh, the problem with Ratchet Book Club is we read, I read hood classics and good classics, which means anything from Old Thought Next Door to Maniac McGee. Wait. <laughs> Old Thought Next Door? Old Thought Next Door. There's two of them. I'm writing that down. There's two of them. It's, it's, a, it's a series. And fuck my life. Like, <laughs> um, so thus far, for Ratchet Book Club, I have read Old Thought Next Door, uh, Old Thought Next Door 2, The Thought That Counts. That no. was a Christmas story. <laughs> um, the Phantom Club. Yeah, and you know I what? Like what actually made me mad about it was I got excited about the title too until I found out it was written by a white guy who was just capitalizing oh. on the whole thought <laughs> phrase. And oh. so it was about this, it literally was about this skinny ass white woman who invites another white woman in her bed for a threesome for her husband for Christmas. I was very yeah. put out. I'm mm. kind of mad too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I read um, the cartel. I'm going through the cartel as you know, as we as we speak. I'm on cartel book three now, commencement. Um, I read uh, the Phantom Toll Booth, Man Maniac McGee, and uh, Horson. Horson. Uh, and in between those, I read loving your wife and loving my wife and her sister too, which there's three of them. Which really made it interesting when you get to love my wife and her sister too, too. <laughs> and then I got to the Jordan edition, which was loving my wife and her sister too, three. So I just called it the two, three edition or the Jordan book. Um, because typing it all out just got way too stupid. But this book is... The fact that they didn't stop after the first one, like the... I don't know if y'all read the second and third one, but the issue with the second and third one is it reads like it should have been a part of the first one. And they were just like, we should make more books. So they just chopped it off. I can see that. That's kind of the thing that bugs me. One of the things I don't like about Urban Fic is how like you can't get a satisfying story in one book. You got to yeah. buy the next and you got to buy the next. And then the price, like 
doubles or triples with each yes. book. Mm-hmm. So this book was 99 cents. The second book is $3.99. The last book is $6.99. And mm-hmm. I'm like, is the quality improving? And all no, that? actually, the third book is, I think. Is it three times it, as long? Fuck no. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> it is about a third of the length of the first book. And that's really? what I was saying. it feels like it is like they were supposed to just tack these books onto the, like they could make an unabridged, uh, uh, uncut version of this book and it could be all three. And I think that it would end up being maybe. 500 pages. Hmm. If that, because they're also paginated really airily. Like they are very, they use those hard returns between like every. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. So they got to let that text breathe. <laughs> yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> it's a space between the words, Daniel. <laughs> uh, so, hmm. so what drew you? Cause you recommended this series to us. So what was it about this book? Because we, like a, I think you recommended Cartel first. And we had mm-hmm. just did that one in January. Mm-hmm. And so this was the set. What about this? What What about this series? Like, so here's, a, here's the thing about uh, how I choose books for a Ratchet Book Club. Um, it's whatever title makes my wife laugh. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> That's really cute. Whatever title makes my wife laugh is what I read. And then there's books that I like that I read in between. So with the cartel, I think somebody had recommended it to me. But with Love My Wife and Her Sister, too, we laughed out loud. And that was after going through. Okay, so listeners, I know that there's a lot of probably some white folks out there, too. I I, I don't want y'all listening to me. Fucking earmuffs. Niggas, look. (laughs) If y'all want just pure unfiltered, unadulterated ratchetness. Just join Kindle Unlimited. And and you will find the best of the worst in there. And that's how I found Loving loving My Wife and Her Sister too. And we both laughed and we were like, oh my God, that's a hilarious name. What the fuck is it about? And we were like, it's obvious what it's about. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, what I've learned is that a good title does not make for a good time. Um, and this book actually made me very, I mean, I was furious. Mm -hmm. I was furious at this book and it didn't get better as time went on. And I think that the reason, and we'll probably get to it, but the reason for my fury wasn't the same reason as your fury. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I want to come back to that. I want to, we usually for, so, um, you know, if you're new to us, if you're coming, you know, from the Ratchet Book Club. <laughs> to Black Chick Lit. To Black Chick Lit. Um, so we um, started a few years ago doing, um, we call it like Urban Lit January. And so because like we have read, you know, here and there, um, but we weren't really like experts in any kind of genre. But mm-hmm. we found that we were reading mostly like, you know, lit fic, mostly like classics and then we said like well you know black literature is way more than just what's making you know the top whatever list so we really made like this effort to read outside the genres that we normally read in Mm -hmm. and um when it came to uh urban letter street lit we were like okay like we really want to take this seriously we really want to read it you want to take it seriously (laughs) we we wanted to give it a fair shot we wanted to give it a fair shot it is it People like it for some reason. It makes right. it, it makes your publishing 
a lot and they're reading a mm-hmm. lot. Like I went on a deep dive one on Goodreads. Okay, this is kind of creepy, but I'm gonna admit to doing it. But mm-hmm. I would follow people who like look at their reviews, who left like the five star reviews on these books and look at what else they'd read. And they would they're flying through this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the people they're almost like romance readers where they read a lot, they read a lot of series, they they they're very voracious. So it's like, what is it? We wanted to give it a fair shake. We didn't want it to be us two bozos laughing at something that we didn't really necessarily get without mm-hmm. giving it a fair, giving it its due. Right. So when we were like, okay, well, we need someone who like reads it, who's in it. And that's when, when we came across your podcast, I can't remember how, I think we were both on a list or something. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, right? Shout out to, uh, the homie Roy from Let Me Tell You Something, Bitch, or Dustin. It might have been Dustin from the Story Sandman uh, podcast. You know what? There's just a. I run into so many great people who love to read from people who love to read on Twitter. So mm-hmm. one of those ways, or else it was Dustin can read. There's just people. But yeah. So yeah, we were like, well, we want to have him on, and we just want to get his suggestion for a book, and we just want to do a deep dive into a great title. So, so this that's is my how we fault. got here. Oh. <laughs> okay. So um and I do want to say I appreciate it because I feel like my ability to critique these books, I still don't like them. But my ability to critique <laughs> them and say why I do not like them has gotten better. Mm. So I think I have grown as a person <laughs> and as a reader. Amen. Through Urban Fig January. I also wanted to tell you, if you want to find some other free hoopla, for some inexplicable reason, has just a whole treasure trove of this stuff, and it's on audio. So if you're looking, hoopla is a free platform that might be available through your library where you can download a lot of these books, because that's how I did so. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how it sounds when somebody else reads this book. And they're not making fun of it. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing about the Ratchet Book Club. I will read like three sentences and then make fun of the shit for like 10 minutes. So I want to hear what it sounds like when somebody's getting paid and takes this shit seriously. Like, oh, 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 I got to use the right kind of voice for Gavin, the punk ass <laughs> motherfucker. I got to use the right kind of voice. Oh my God. And I think that the thing about urban literature is that. They don't take it seriously, but yet they take themselves too seriously and what they're doing. Like they, 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 it seems like they believe that the words they're writing are earth shattering or world stopping. And it's really not most times. So for this book, I really did appreciate some of the things that they did in the book. Uh, the writing wasn't one of them. though. Yeah, same. And I want to come back because I think what you just said about taking themselves seriously might be, I want to get to that because I can relate to that so much because that kind of plays into how, like I said, when, like yeah. I said, how, why I'm better at judging these books. Cause like I'm looking, I know what to look for now. Mm-hmm. And that what you said is one of them. So let's get into the synopsis. Um, I don't know if this is necessary, but spoiler alert, I guess. Um, spoiler <laughs> alert for the first book of Love and My Wife and Her Sister Too. So here we go. 
Annalise Channing's life has been rough. She's never known her father, and her crack-addicted mother was killed in a gang shootout when she was just a teen. Her luck changes slightly for the better when she heads off to Texas with her boyfriend and future husband, Gavin, an up-and-coming lawyer. Ten years later, she's blessed again when she learns her deceased father has left her his estate in $250,000. Annalise also learns she has a half-sister who's not happy to hear that her daddy's money and property are going to a woman she's never met. After Annalise refuses to let her half-sister live in the estate, Gavin goes behind his wife's back to allow Zakia and her family to move in. This also marks the beginning of the sexual affair between Gavin and Zakia. I couldn't find a better way to write that sentence because they literally are just like, so you want to fuck? And they go back. Hey, thanks for showing me this house. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah, I want to get I into like, that because that that made no sense to me. I was like, transition, Danielle. I'm like, but there wasn't one. There, okay. there wasn't one. <laughs> this is as good as any. They aren't the only two sleeping around. Annalise's friend, Michaela, is nearly caught when her side piece, Tommy, arrives at her home where her husband and three children live. Tommy wants more of Michaela and refuses to be pushed away. It comes to a head <laughs> when Tommy crashes a girl's only weekend trip and gets in a fight with a man flirting with Annalise. After coming home and spooked by Michaela's messiness, Annalise tries to reconnect with their husband, Gavin, who is also feeling guilty about sleeping around. Gavin claims to still love him, love his wife, but soon finds himself developing feelings for Zakia. Zakia, I forgot how to pronounce name. Zakia. His situation gets even more complicated when Zakia learns she's pregnant with Gavin's baby after getting beaten by her children's father, Deo. That was the sentence. Annalise, alerted Day by low. Gavin. It's Daylo. Oh, Trust Day me, because I read it in, in the second and third book. Daylo comes back. multiple times. Daylo gets what out. What are you doing here, Daylo? <laughs> Daylo does come back. I read the synopsis for book two and three, just the synopsis, because I wanted to see what was going on. And I saw his name mentioned again. And I was like, would you look at that? Mm -hmm. uh, Annalise, alerted by Gavin's sus behavior and suspicious after noticing that she's unable to find any information about the rental listing Gavin supposedly posted for the Texas estate, decides to check in on the property and see what's up. She arrives with Michaela in tow to discover her hated half-sister living in the home and her husband there half-naked and caught red-handed. And it literally stops like that. Like, I just want to say for the record, if y'all fuck with R. Kelly, fuck you in the face with a brick. <laughs> but this shit literally ends like the end of the first chapter of Trapped in the Closet. That is a good comparison. It is. <laughs> And what made me mad about that ending was Michaela was like, I never expected this. And I was like, bitch, we all knew this is where it was going. <laughs> we all hold on new. We sitting here for like 300 pages trying to figure out how the fuck y'all going to find your way to Portland. <laughs> like, don't nobody notice this nigga's gone every single weekend to go check on the house that you refuse to go check on. Like, where's the lawyer? I mean, he flew where's there the twice in a day. How did she not notice that? Right. That's a whole day right there. He I've went, flown ooh, from ooh, Portland. Ooh. I don't even know if that's fucking possible. It's not. It might not. It's <laughs> He's not. like, I did the math. The nigga had sex with his wife one day and she, or tried to have sex with his wife, but couldn't because he had sex with Zakia and flew back home. And his wife made fun of him not being able to get <laughs> it up. So he flew back <laughs> to Portland. Like she was like, look, little dick nigga, you can't do, you can't do shit. Hey, little dick. <laughs> And so he packs up and flies back to Portland. Yep. From Texas. Just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Door closes. 
the nigga goes back to Portland. Like <laughs> the the and, and oh, fuck this book. And this and book. for me, Annalise, you get you get there had to be some kind of documentation with this with this house, <laughs> some kind of appraisal. You get a house valued what a couple hundred thousand dollars. You don't go look at it. You just she didn't even look it up on like Google Maps. <laughs> She just expected that her dad was just like giving her a house and it was just I my husband to... will take care of everything. And that's one thing that um I do want to give them a tad bit of credit for in this book. The book was actually written by two women. Mm-hmm. Most of the urban fiction that I've read is either read by or written by uh men be it Quan Mills or, or Jaquavis or whoever it may be. There's a woman who's involved somehow, sometimes, but it's usually a man involved. And a man seems to be taking the, the, the will as far as writing, as far as the thought process and how everybody acts. So there's a lot of the women are just there to be pieces for the guys to grow. You've read the cartel. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. For the guys, the, the women are there to be, uh, pieces of growth for the guys to reach or whatever it may be. This book was written by two women, and in that it did center more on the women and their mindsets and what they were going through, and so it was a lot more mature than the other books that I've read of this genre type. But it's not saying that it's better. It's just a situation where the women who were in this book are the ones doing the fuckery in the book. Usually it's the men in the book who are doing the main fuckery, but you know what? As the book continued to go on, I stopped being as mad at Gavin's stupid ass and started being really, really fucking furious at Michaela's punk ass. Really? I was pissed off at her too. I mean, I was pissed off at her because Tommy annoyed me. And I was like, why is he like the first time he showed up? I'm like, who the fuck is this? That annoyed me, but I am curious to see what else Michaela does because I feel like that isn't even. Do you want to know? Kind of. I want to know. Well, do you, you want to know through. or do you want to read the book? I you can go through, through, and then at the end, I'll let people. Yes, I think that's it. Yes, yeah. so let's go let's by character by character. That's what we usually do, and then you can tell us what happens okay. in loving my wife and her sister two, two, and two, three. <laughs> the Jordan edition. The Jordan edition. <laughs> I want to dovetail what off Molly said and like kind of the writing. Michaela gets introduced out of nowhere and suddenly we're all in her business. And I'm like, who is she? All in her business. Who are these people? Why mm-hmm. do I care? And you don't even know how they're connected to to Annalise and Gavin to begin with. Mm-mm. And I'm like, and then I'm mad at her because like, why do you give this man your address? Why'd you I give- don't not <laughs> only do we not know how Annalise or how Michaela fits into this situation, the writers immediately send us down a red herring path by having Gavin state that he thinks Michaela wants to fuck his wife. And that's oh, why, yes, I remember that. and that's why she's always, that's why they're always at odds. He thinks that Michaela's a lesbian or something like that, where nothing could be further from the truth. And it's like, dude, do you know your wife's friends at all? Like, do y'all talk anything at all? So yeah, sorry. Yeah. That was a real throwaway. Like, before you say all that, it's like, Figure out your own house. You're fucking your wife's sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like before you start with anybody else. Okay. So, so where do we want to begin? With Annalise. <laughs> okay. That beginning was wild. 
That beginning was <laughs> your mama's offering blowjobs at the Quick Mart on Martin Luther King. <laughs> na, 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 your mama's all crack rock. <laughs> and then she's killed three paragraphs later. This thing will switch scenes on you because at one moment we're at the house getting Annalise to go to the Quick Mart. A sentence later, we're already in the car. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, we're down there and mama dead. And bullets are flying. Like it's like the Matrix. Like she's like, she's like dodging bullets and shit, trying to get to her mom. But then she turns over, she's just dead. And it's like, what the hell? Okay. That's, that's kind of like a, a recurrence in at least the books that we've read. Either the moms are like super, super nuts, where they're like just going crazy, beating the hell out of everybody, mm-hmm. or they're on drugs and dead. Because mm-hmm. um <laughs> What was it? Winter. Winter sees her mom yes. on the bus. Coldest winter go- ever. Mm-hmm. And what was and Dominique's she- mom in the very first one we read? Dominique's yes. mom was just beating the hell out of her in the very first book. Um, Since shit, you referenced even- it, did, did, did you notice that Winter's mom never got a name? Ooh, that's a good point. They didn't even... Sister Never. Soldier, and, and I discussed this on my show, but Sister Soldier thought so lowly of the women in that book that she didn't even give Winter's mom a name. She didn't give her any wow. personality past. I spend my husband's money, and as soon as mm-hmm. that falls apart, I will go straight to drugs. That was it. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a good point. Mm. Mm. See, mm. this is the kind of intelligent insight we need here on Black Church. <laughs> Seriously? Because now I'm like, ooh. That's right. Like they, these books do not look fondly on, first of all, anyone specifically. <laughs> first of all, first of all, women, and then mothers. It seems like mm-hmm. just, just all this strife. Even so, we here black chick lit consider um, their eyes are watching God. Also, yes. urban lit. Okay, like and the, it falls into that same thing with Leafy. Like there's this disconnect from the mother from this young woman's mother and that makes her kind of wild in different ways so i don't know just want to point that out there but now i'm thinking more about um winter and sister soldier you know it's it's weird um what i have found is that a lot of these urban fiction books have an almost ersatz um relationship with disney films and how they treat the uh, maternal figures in these books and how Disney treats the maternal figures in their cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like they're just there to birth the story. They are not mm-hmm. there to continue the story. There's actually an overwhelming uh, line of misogyny that goes through both avenues of this that you really have to confront because the women never actually get growth. Mm-hmm. And even in this book, Annalise doesn't get growth. She doesn't become anything more than what she is, which is a woman who is really kind of fucking selfish. Because her sister, who she's never met before, beat the fuck out of her. <laughs> so she, Annalise is the lady who. Literally, at the beginning of the book, it's Annalise, Gavin, and her friend Tracy, who were there to witness her mom's murder. Uh, Tracy's the one who consoles her about her mom's murder, and then we never hear from Tracy again. Unless it's something convenient. Something, that's what I was going to say. One convenient moment 
where it just happens to be Deuce Ex Machina, Tracy shows up. But other than that, Annalise doesn't reach out to her. Annalise doesn't give a fuck about her. Annalise isn't looking for her. Annalise doesn't care about Portland for some reason. I think it's because of the murder, and she just doesn't go back. Annalise could have easily said, you know what? I'm going to rent this house out to my sister, even though we just got in a fight because my husband's telling me that, you know, she actually needs this could have been empathetic, but we're not growing that way in this book. We need this to become my husband flies all the way back and falls into my sister. And now an affair has started. Mm -hmm. And you could say something similar, any kind of maternal character, because aunt Joni is kind of treated in the same way. She's Mm -hmm. the only woman in the book with any kind of sense. She's like, you need to leave Dalo's ass. You need to take care of your kids. And she don't want Tanisha in her house. And mm-hmm. look how she gets owned in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Annalise is kind of a, like, as you guys are talking about her, she's kind of a n- nothing character. Because I'm trying to think about other things to say about her. So her mother's killed. She's dodging the bullets. She decides to go with Gavin to Texas. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's like, what does she do? What does she want? Like does she really even love don't. her husband? Does she was even she love 16 when she moved to Texas? It seemed like she, there, there was an age gap there that was concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was in high school and he was starting law school. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's not that's not college, fam. Law school is beyond that's professional school. Yeah. That's 22 at least. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't cute. Um I I was gonna spin off what you said, Molly. Mm-hmm. All of these characters are all they feel like cardboard cutouts have you ever seen cheap animation where they need like extras so they'll make like the same character and they'll like give one a hat and they'll give one like a mustache and another one a bow that's what all the characters feel like they have the same voice even the intern gavin who's supposed to be this suit apparently this this kyle barker like you know punk negro and his intern they sound exactly like tommy and, you know, who's supposed to be the quote-unquote thug. Mm-hmm. Everyone's written the same. Everyone sounds the same. They're extremely flat. They're the same character that she just, that they just, you know, move around as they need. Which makes it really annoying to read. Because, like, I don't care about anyone in this book. I don't know anyone in this book. What, why, I'm reading it because I have to at this point. But what's the compulsion to read it? Like, what am I supposed to root for? You know... I started to feel exactly how you felt when I ended the first book and had to read the second one. Because again, they do that whole cliffhanger thing where it's like, you have to read the second one and see what Mm -hmm. happens instead of just actually closing out the book. So I felt forced to read book two and then I felt forced to read book three. And so you start to feel this anger when it's always something that gets unresolved. Mm -hmm. Um, And they do that not just on purpose. They do it because I think they feel like maybe we'll think of something later to say this is why this happened. Hmm. Like they're writing it and plotting it as they go. Mm-hmm. And it never comes into fruition. So you're always waiting. And so it just ends up being, whoo, this is going to sound bad. <laughs> what uh, all of all all hate mail could be sent to single simulcast at gmail.com. Um so black folks, niggas, not white people. Look, I don't know what the fuck y'all do. Thanks for listening though. But <laughs> niggas, this book feels a lot like when your daddy said he was gonna come pick you up. Just wait on the corner. 
I'm gonna come and get you. Mm-hmm. And you wait on the corner for like five fucking hours and your dad never shows and you literally piss your pants because you're scared to that if you go inside to go to the bathroom you're gonna miss him and so now you got pissy pants and he doesn't show up i have pissy pants reading this book (laughs) oh that's that's it that's it that's it right there i feel like i don't want to be rude i mean i guess i'm going i feel like a good writer can end with some tension unresolved but still make me feel as if I have read a complete story. Mm-hmm. Like you can yeah. leave, go ahead and leave some things unresolved but like I need the big thing like don't end like the whole point of this book is that he, he's he's cheating on his wife with his sister and then as soon as we get the conflict between the wife and the sister the book ends and it's like tune in next time to see. But we didn't even get the conflict but it's like the start of the conflict like I've been waiting for these two to fight the whole book. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think I probably like the book a little bit more than you two but I really um, like super messy stories. So, like, the whole time I was like, oh, when these two fight, like, it's going to be something because Zakia's either going to beat her ass again and she's going to be embarrassed or Annalise is going to come out and she'd be like, no, I got your ass this time. I've been traded. I need, like, <laughs> I thought, like, I really wanted to see that fight because I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to own it. Like, I like fight videos. I like what people, like, you know, all these messy stories. So, for me, it was like when it when it stopped right at the right at what I had been waiting for, I was like, oh, okay, now I got to get the next book. And I had forgotten that I got Kindle Unlimited for something else. And so then, they're like, all there, yeah. But my subscription ended literally the day that I finished this oh. book. I got the email. So I was like, do I really want to try to do that? So I didn't do it, but. <laughs> this book is, I. this is, and this will be the last thing that I'll say about this because I know y'all have um, more things to talk about. But this book is the equivalent of getting on a roller coaster that you hear is just like amazing. And you have that that slow climb up to the top of that first hill. And you can literally look over the edge and see that drop. And you know that drop is going to take your breath away and it's going to be great. And then it has that that moment where there's like in on roller coaster where there's like that click, click. And then you start going down and everybody's like, ah! This book got to the click, click, and then the ride broke down, <laughs> and they took you off the roller coaster. Like they had to bring people up to rescue you <laughs> because you're just sitting there waiting now for something to happen, and they're like, you know what? It's broke. This yeah. ain't gonna happen for you. Uh, you have to get back in line mm-hmm. because ooh, look, niggas, let it out, let it out, niggas. Let it out. Look, okay, so I'm going to look this up real quick. Loving My Wife and Her Sister Too came out when? Mm-hmm. I don't know when the books came out. Now I'm now I gotta find it. But whenever it came out, it came out, it happened. It was a thing. People read this book, caught that uh that that cliffhanger, and then probably had to wait like two goddamn years. Yeah. So instead of us who can just go to Kindle Unlimited and read what happens next, you have to wait for this. That is infuriating. And again, that's the mindset I want to get. Like, what it because I'm gonna go with Molly said. This book ain't that messy. This book is boring. It, it wasn't as hell. that messy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I've gained 
in the we've read a lot like hold you down and addicted and sister soldier one of the things i've come to like is when the absolute bonker shit happens so then i can screenshot it and dm it to molly and be like can you believe this shit Mm -hmm. i kept waiting for that moment i Mm -hmm. kept waiting for that moment when something off the wall was gonna happen and it really did it. And there's nothing. It's a Mari episode. It's a Mari episode in a book. Like, it's just people cheat. It's a Mari episode if they never get to it. If it's just ad break, ad break, ad break. There we and go. And you're like, well, shit. Because mm-hmm. it's like, and I think it's unfair maybe coming off the cartel where they literally chop somebody's dick off. But like, even hold you down. They're like, even they've got their little down. drug or their car stealing ring. And then addicted, they're getting blowjobs with nacho cheese in a movie theater. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's on the list now. Addicted. All right, you, cool. Yes, addicted was, addicted was the one that broke us. It was a two-parter episode. We just got drunker and drunker like during the. <laughs> Is that the Zane book? Yes. Okay, I, yep, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. So, but like, cause it, so it doesn't need to be chopping off dick level ridiculousness but like but it had to be something so give me something and it's just them fighting over people cheating i think the tommy fight was supposed to be like one of that kind of situation and like i Tommy's can barely even up. remember the tommy fight when like he comes they mm-hmm, beat tommy's flirting. ass he goes mm-hmm. to jail because it's written so quickly and you're never allowed to like it's never written so that you can sit there and settle with it mm-hmm. so well, i do want to talk about gavin because he was the one that I had the most problems with. Can Let's I follow up go. with the question about Annalise? Yeah. Yeah. Did Annalise, okay. they said, did Annalise have a side piece or not? Did she ever cheat? Because at okay, some so, point they mentioned Ahmad. No, she never okay. cheated. And she was okay. quick to tell folks, I never cheated. I thought about it. Because she was close when they were in L.A. or whatever, dealing with those two dudes in the pool when Tommy came up Blakely? and started fighting. Yeah, whatever Blakely. the fuck his name was. Yeah, what, whatever. What, Butch. I don't know what his name was. I just know that he was a uh, that they were about to start kissing, and then Tommy came in and broke it all up. But she says that Gavin was the only man she had ever been with, physically, emotionally, anything. He was the only man. Okay. Until book two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I learned that from the synopsis. I was just trying to figure out who Ahmad was because she has this throwaway line. Maybe he was just somebody she was interested in. They never okay. mentioned they never mentioned an Ahmad again. Hmm. Okay. Well maybe okay. someone she met when they were at the dorms in law school. <laughs> Can I say though? She the authors of this like there's a lot where I was like, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. And this gets into Gavin. But everything about like the MLS and apartment listings, that was spot on. It's a relevant research because Michaela does come in and she's like, Girl, all you gotta do is go to Google and type in the address, yep, and then she'll be getting wrecked up. You haven't looked at the listing? She was, yeah, I was like, mm-hmm, That's pretty good. Which to me, it's like, first of all, how dumb is Annalise that she never looked into any of this, never asked what the rent was, never asked. And then Gavin, how low of a an opinion does he have of his wife or maybe he just fucking knows her because he's like I don't even have to bother he's like that's, I never- that's that's what happens when you groom somebody from the age of 16 yeah mm. that's it mm. Mm. that's that's what ha- <laughs> yeah let's let's take a sip on that that's what happens when you take when you when you take somebody who's young and take them away from the only home they've ever known mm-hmm. and make them follow you through law school 
Mm-hmm. She, and and make her dependent upon you. You think that you own her. You think that you know her that well, not because you've actually gotten to know her, not because you've actually taken time out to impress her or date her or anything like that, but because you groomed her into this place where you can now leave her behind. And mm-hmm. that's exactly why Gavin ended up getting with Zakia because Zakia added a spark to his life that Annalise didn't add because he never gave her kindling. He never, he was the only sexual partner Annalise has ever had. He never introduced anything else into their sex life to make her want to grow sexually. So Mm. when he meets somebody else who's ghetto and street, he thinks she must be able to do some things. And he throws his entire marriage away that he's been holding back. So then he can get with this woman who he thinks, oh, the grass looks greener across the street. This whole thing is Gavin's fault. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read it as him wanting to be a superhero. He saw That's this woman. Yeah, he saw this woman with two kids. She couldn't pay her condo. He's like, I'm gonna swoop in, be the big man, get her, get her, take go against my wife, say my wife was being a selfish ass bitch for not letting you move in. She's got this big house. We're not using it. The money, wasn't there something about like how the money changed her or something? That's all she thinks about now is the money. Right. And so he's like, yeah, you can move in and I'll, I'll, you just can't tell her and it'll be our secret and I'm doing this for you. And then, oh, the sex isn't starting. Like he had to, he knew. But yeah. um, counter, counter argument. Y'all say that he was being a nice person and all that kind of stuff. No, I don't think he was being no. a nice person. I no, think I'm he was sorry. playing yeah. the he, nice. He was, he was, what, what, I'm just wiping all of that to the side, like on fucking Minority Report and saying this. <laughs> She was a younger version of Annalise. Yep, because she was 22. That's what I was going to bring up. He was starting this this process again. All over again. Over again. Mm-hmm. In a different city. That was it. That was everything I saw was okay. And once you see it, that's the problem. If you, the very first paragraphs you write, you indicate that she's this age and he's that age. You start to see him as a predator and I can't unsee it. So mm-hmm. everything he did from that point forward was just predator behavior. Mm-hmm. And so I was just waiting for him to get caught up because he's a fucking predator. Mm-hmm. So, well, so he comes in. Um, what did you say, Captain Save a Ho? I want to be safe. <laughs> That's and what he's he about. Immediately is like, okay, you move into her house, and um, then immediately they start sleeping together. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like, let me thank you with pussy, and he's like, okay. And he's like, I no. At first, he's like, no, no, no. Okay. He's like, no, no. While he's falling oh. on the bed. Oh no! Oh no! That oh, is the clothes. That's literally the scene. They're like, let's lay down. And she's like, get comfortable. Take off your pants. And he's like, fine. Gonna, like he reluctantly shot ass into you, and that's all it took. <laughs> the sex scenes were just horrible. Why are they always so horrible? They were, like, not memorable. Because it's, like, on one end you have Addicted where they're disgusting. And I'm upset. Yeah, that was just a little (laughs) repulsive. I can't wait to read this shit again. (laughs) Okay, if you read Addicted, you're going to have to tell... Because that was, like, that's the marker. That's the one where I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) Why all this food? Why so much food? (sighs) Nacho cheese. It's hot. Anyways... (laughs) He's got a burnt dick. He's got a burnt dick in the movie theater watching Denzel. <laughs> so, so, like, 
But just <laughs> freaking like, usually it's just two women on this podcast. Are we supposed to? <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Well, because like I read one scene and I tweeted it out because like it 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 broke my brain. The shark I, dick. Yes, not to be approved, but I have read a number of sex scenes, some of them more ridiculous than others. This one is just, it's so, they might as well have not been included in this story. So in a book where sex, a book where sex plays such a big role, because that's the thing, you're all cheating on each other, like either cut it out or don't do it because it doesn't seem like you want to write it. (laughs) That's a fair point. Like, it doesn't seem like they're interested in it like it seems like it's more about like the the cheating like being bad than the actual act itself yeah because they are very quick they're very short it's just like okay and then they they slept together so when i read this book i realized that it felt like they were told okay we're gonna give you a bonus for this book or we're gonna give you an advance for this book and you have a certain word count that you have to reach Mm mm-hmm And if you don't reach this word count by this day, we need our money back. And so I I feel like that's why some of these sex scenes were just so there. Like, I've read books where it's like, okay, like, like the cartels got some sex scenes in it that's just like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) I mean, the cartel has, yeah, don't, don't read part two. Don't. But um, the, the, this book was just vanilla and the most interesting thing that happened was tommy throwing michaela on the kitchen table where her kids ate to fuck her and i was like oh that's interesting i hope you wash the table um i mean he was just in the pantry butt ass naked that's what i got that would make me mad all that food's gotta go like dude your ass is on my cheerios (laughs) so yes that was we'll we'll get to her gavin i Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the word count thing. We got to the point where we're like reading literally everyone's evening routine. Like there was one scene where Zakiya is going like, I put the kids down. I went and started the hamburger helper. I put, I turned on trolls for the kids in the red room. And I was like, cut this shit out. Get exactly. it out of here. It There's doesn't a few add to the of story. Making meatloaf or whatever. <laughs> I uh, Zakia demanded that Gavin take her to the store so they went to Albertsons and yes. walked up and down the aisles as the kids ran ahead and he picked out she picked out cereal for the kids and, and some noodles for dinner she was making because she was going to make tuna casserole and it's like why the fuck do I need to know this shit and oh that is the what do you call it the like um, roller coaster part because I was like yes they're about to fight in an Albertsons like, the, <laughs> like there were so many opportunities like I think back to um hold you down where she's like ripping her weave out in the parking lot at the um the cheesecake factory and it's like yes i want to see like these these scenes of like domesticity where it's turned violent and like you know uh insane but it's like no she just she's mad because he doesn't in introduce her and it's like oh yeah and that's the other thing that gets on my nerves is that you know you're the side chick like this isn't even a secret because you're literally the 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 main chick is literally your sister you know you're the side chick so why she would argue that 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 annalise is not her sister and that she would like every single time like she got super mad 
getting literally violently angry because people violently. acknowledge the fact that your sister, your biological sister, is in fact your sister. It's like she she is. She like, this is not a total stranger. That 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 is your sister who's this is not This is not the good place where every time somebody says Janet's a woman or a girl, she says not a girl. <laughs> this right. is your sister. This is this your is, sister. This is your oh yes. So I do have to say this real quick. They never actually say what the fuck the dad does. How the dad right. got all that money. So never That's in any point. of the three books. None of the three books. Because it was like, what was up with him? He was just starting all these families all over Portland. Mm-hmm. And why just, did he randomly decide to leave um, Annalise the biggest house and all the money? What was mm-hmm. he doing he didn't give in a the fuck guest about house her before? Mm-hmm. That they couldn't go in there. Mm-hmm. They don't look into any of that. They forgot about it, probably. They're like, they wrote that, and then they forgot that they wrote it. Mm -hmm. It had so much setup that could have been good. Exactly. That could have been wild, but they just don't do much with it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Gavin, anything else we want to say about him? Yeah, fuck that nigga. (laughs) Like, like, he's the nigga who talks tough and can't even throw hands. He can't fight. He bullies his wife. Mm-hmm. Like he bullied his wife, he bullies Zakia, and he never wants to. He's literally the nice guy, the guy who says I'm a nice guy, but isn't a nice guy nice while he's guy. doing fuckery shit. Like mm-hmm. he got on my nerves so badly because. <sighs> Here's the thing about Gavin. Gavin is being written by two women who are literally able to say this is what men do to us. Like this isn't a guy writing a guy. This is when a guy writes a woman, they're like, this is what I think of when I think of this woman. This is what I think of when I view women. And whether it's fuckery or not, this is their interpretation of a woman. These ladies wrote an interpretation of Gavin that is literally the most fuckboy thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. And so I was just like, golly, what have what kind of stuff have they encountered where they're like, this is who we're introducing into this book? And that's what made me sad because, like I said, I saw past everything else and started seeing the filters of this book, the small, the foundation of this book. And one of the foundations is somebody's husband that they know cheated on her with their (laughs) sister. And so they wrote a book about it because mm. books come from something you've experienced or something somebody else has experienced. And that that writes something in your head that then blooms into a bigger story. Somebody saw this happen. Somebody's experienced a Gavin. And for that, I apologize because not only is he a predator, he's also an abusive motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And I don't know any other way to put it. Do you think, oh, go ahead, Danielle. I was just, I'm sorry. I was when he told Annalise that it was none of her damn business when he came home with that black eye Mm -hmm. and then turned around and had the gall to have this convoluted angst over like I don't want to leave my wife I want to keep my marriage but I also love Zakia (laughs) and it's like I feel like they don't know how they want to write these characters because Molly Every, every episode we do, the last two episodes we've done, we've had books where the characters are unlikable. And Molly will remind me. She's like, I don't think you're supposed to like them. So now I, every time I read a question. book, <laughs> I was going to be like, are we supposed to like these characters? Because I don't know. And if we are, who? I think we're supposed to like Annalise. No. I, I don't think you're supposed I don't to like know. Gavin. I don't I think know. That, I think Annalise is the straight man in this book. But it's not to the point where she has anything interesting going on in her life either. So while she's not a bad 
person. She's a gray person where nothing happens where you're like, okay, I want, you know who the good people were in this book? Tom, Joe. No, Michaela's uh, Joe. sisters and Joe. Joe. Because <laughs> yeah. Joe is just going to his job. Joe's Joe. working to, his sis, the sisters were like, y'all need to stop cheating. They were all offended because these women kept telling him, hey, maybe stop cheating on your spouse. And that's why I started to not like Annalise because while the sisters are like, yo, y'all both know you fucking up, right? Annalise is like, don't be telling me that shit because we about to go, me and my girl about to go out and turn up. Mm-hmm. But it's so, like, but she doesn't even turn up. So it's like, it's, she it's, has, and then she runs back always to the safety of, well, I never cheated. Exactly. I'm not a hoe. I would mm-hmm. never. And and to me, that indicates lack of opportunity, mm-hmm. not lack of want. Like, I can tell folks, you know what? I'm going to hit a 415-foot home run over that fence right there. But if I never get up to bat, that don't mean I don't want to hit that home run over that fucking fence. I just never got up to bat. Mm. Annalise was ready to cheat until Tommy ran up in that pool mm-hmm. park. Mm-hmm. And she was talking reckless all the way through that trip. So I still feel like if things came down to it, she wouldn't have. Mm. I, still I guess feel like... what's your definition of cheating? Do I think she would have had sex with those dudes? I think she would have sucked a dick. <laughs> I think I think she would have sucked a dick and maybe gotten her uh, pussy licked, which is all gravity. Like her husband, she's in a loveless relationship. Go for it. I'm not getting on her about the decisions she makes because he's a fuck boy. Yeah. I'm just saying she needed to get it from somewhere and she doesn't have a womanizer. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Get a fucking she- womanizer also. <laughs> She would have let Blakely feel her up, kiss her, no, her. if we're doing base, bases, yeah. I think yeah. she would have let Blakely get that far, and then she would have said, oh, but we never had sex. Like, that would have been her. her I think, yeah. yeah. I think she most of all of everything wanted to be like, when she caught Gavin, to be like, well, I never, exactly. I never would mm-hmm. ever do this. I always do da 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 Mm-hmm. But so, but it doesn't I, fit I into this no, book. It yeah. it didn't fit into the the this overall theme of this book is her just like I have all these opportunities, but I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Not to spoil, I know who she does lay with, and I don't know how, how that scenario even happens. Oh, I do. Tell me, Daylo apparently in her. Yeah, yeah. So since I, I just this is what I was holding. This is what I was holding on to until the end of the until the end of the show. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to, to it because we haven't even. So, Gavin, super predator. Yeah. Super What's his name's knocking on his door, talking yes. about come in, get some lemonade, get some cookies in the other room. Have a seat. Have a seat. I'm have Chris seat. Hansen. You no, know, Chris I Hansen. actually played the I'm Chris Hansen while I was doing my show quite a few times talking about Gavin. Yeah. I mean, he deserved it because when I read it, I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? But then I had to go back and think about that age gap and her being 16. Mm-hmm. And really, like, it's like, I, yeah, he's just starting the process over again with Zakia. So I didn't pick I, up on the age gap. I just, I figured he was an abuser. I didn't pick up on the age gap stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk about Zakia and her multicolored wig. Oh, God. <laughs> that she loses <laughs> as soon as she gets with Gavin. Exactly. I did not like Zakia. I could not, I could not with her wanting to fight every damn body for every little thing. I could not with her like talking all that shit to Daylo, who which which 
as a writing, as a reader, that just told me, okay, he's going to get out. So this is going to be some bullshit. Like everything is so broadcast, is broadcast so poorly. Like, I just don't know how you could read this book and be surprised, but I especially hated how stupid she was. Like, like the scene with Tracy in the store is the scene that broke me. The scene and the argument that followed it, that's what broke me. When you're getting mad that your married boyfriend will not introduce you to his long, you know, his longtime friend that knows him and his wife. Like, oh, what you doing? It's like, because it's like, I wanted her to be a more dynamic character, like not dynamic, but a more explosive character than she was. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I, to me, it's like she didn't care if anyone knew that, that uh, Gavin was, she didn't care. So it's like, we'll do something about it. Like if you for real don't care, like go confront your sister, be like, ha ha, I'm living in your house. Ha ha, I've got your man here. We're living the life that you thought you were going to be living. But I'm Because really we doing also it. thought that Annalise couldn't have babies was another thing that was right. happening. I, I was unclear want. about that. She didn't want babies. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't want babies. So she was always taking the pill. And so for Gavin to get pregnant with this other girl. Yeah. Zakia should have called her up and been like, yeah, I heard that you ain't doing it right. So I did what you couldn't. Boom. Right. boom, boom. Mm-hmm. If like, you oh, ghetto, your you man ghetto. couldn't get it up. He, right. he flew back to Portland twice if, in one day to be with me. If you sitting at the table with $5,000 in chips and you going all in, you're not going all in with $200. You pushing all 5,000 into the, t- into the middle. She never went all in. Right. She never did. And she was never that, she was never that villain character. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I hated Gavin more, <laughs> like I, I just, I couldn't, I wanted her to be like the character that you hated. And I just, I didn't hate her. I didn't like her. She was just like kind of there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated her. I, I hated all of them though. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I hated her. And then I hated her inviting her sister and her kids over and then getting mad when the baby cries because she's trying to have sex. I'm like, this, this is trifling. Like, <laughs> and it's like, you got two kids. It's like, babies cry. Relax yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. You're in a huge ass house too. How are you hearing this? Put them oh, in a different geez. bedroom. And, 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 wait, wait. Not only does she get mad because the baby's crying, she also gets mad because it's her cousin. Her cousin is staring at Gavin while he's laying in the bed. (gasps) And Gavin ain't doing shit to cover himself up. But he's just looking at her like, mmm. Did Gavin see the cousin? Yes. He probably did. He did. They were having a conversation. Trifling. Fucking Gavin. (laughs) It, It all comes back to Gavin. In every situation, Gavin is this fucking predator who's just like, Thank you. Next. Yeah, because the sister, the cousin, I don't know what she's on. I can't crack. remember. Maybe crack. Crack. It's always crack. Gavin is willing crack. to fuck a crack cocaine addict because he can't control himself. And she saw it. So it's like to be naked in front of your your With four little wife's in the house. sister's cousin who you know is on crack like that that says more about you than her, bro. Like mm-hmm. But Zakia doesn't get mad at him for no, being out the there. Out she the puts house. the yeah. babies out. So um I want to talk a little bit more about this not fight in Albertsons. <laughs> With Tracy? <laughs> With Tracy. Because Tracy, Tracy too is another character who just showed up. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, Gavin, hi. And I then she's like, I can't believe I saw first. you again. I can't believe I recognized you. <laughs> 
I forgot who she was we completely. I had to be or reminded you were who she hanging was. around the playground. Right? Remember you used to push me on the swings on the merry-go-round? You used to push me and and Annalise, and then one day you just kidnapped her? <laughs> one day you just... <laughs> the day Annalise's mom was gunned down, and that was a bit like, I would feel some kind of like, oh man, I saw my best friend's mother get shot right. at the quickie mart. Like, I and then they disappeared? I think you disappeared, and then my friend <laughs> was just gone. Remember when you didn't even give me a chance to offer my best friend the opportunity to come and live with me and my mom, the two people she actually knew, mm-hmm. and she'd be able to have a relationship with and, and live her life because she knew the family? Remember when you didn't do that? Remember you when you just took her to Texas so she could cook your meals while you were studying your 1L classes? Like, remember, remember when you immediately looked down at her dead mom and said, well, I'm leaving for Texas. You should come with me. Is there a funeral? <laughs> are, we, are we doing this? No, Is was there a funeral happening? Was there like, a funeral? For there the was mom? a funeral and only Tracy and um, Annalise showed up. So mm-hmm. Gavin didn't know, even show up. I don't know what happened to the rest of, of Annalise's family. Her mom not have any siblings, any cousin, any nothing? Nothing. No. Friends? Nobody nothing. asking where this girl was. Nothing. I, I just Winter's like to mom. picture that scene. Winter's mom. I like to picture that scene and just have Zakia in the back, just picturing Zakia in the background with her arms over her shoulders, like, like just repeatedly, and like trying to shove her way in front. Because she she apparently don't pick up that uh, she ain't getting introduced. She she calls him rude. She says, that's rude, Gavin. It's like she has a break with reality. She does. Yeah, she... She's dumb. Like, she's just, there's something that's not clicking in her mind. They're, and it just so... really. Because if, if Annalise finds out her ass is staying there and sleeping with her husband, they're both out. She right. dumb. She dumb. Right. There, and even at the there... will reading, she's like ready to beat her ass. And it's like, okay, Always. maybe if you just walked up and said, oh, hey, I'm your sister. You could have got, because Annalise did not seem to care about that house. She, she did sure not. Don't. Nothing care about anything anything she does she's not want swinging. to be in portland she's swinging first thing mad because her she got a sister she didn't know about like she's mad at the sister because her daddy went and had another baby her daddy who seems to be praying another super predator on these women <laughs> these women with addictions and starting all these families and abandoning them it's a pattern but no. the the thing is not only is she mad about this. It isn't like it's just her and Annalise. There's like four other kids that her yeah. daddy done had. They yeah. have at least a brother. And 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 when they're at the will reading, I close my eyes because I can't unsee this. Somebody, and they never circle back to this. I hoped and prayed that they would. Somebody was like, Oh, that's pissy butt Annalise. <laughs> We know her. We know Pissy Butt from up the block. Her mom was a crackhead. Hey, Pissy Butt. And they never came back to it. And I was so hopeful. Mm -hmm. Like, please, somebody, whoever spoke up from the back was like, Pissy Butt. (laughs) Please just have that person come back into this book. Never did. They forgot. Anytime something's up, I just assume the authors forgot they wrote it. I think that's it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Because, like, they could have said what the dad was doing, why they knew about Annalise, but never 
helped her out after mm-hmm. she literally saw her mother killed. Because mm-hmm. the the aunt knew about Annalise. Aunt Joni. Mm-hmm. Aunt Joni knew about Annalise and never reached out to her, never did anything. Right? And you're supposed to like her. And it's... Uh, so, Aunt Joni is on her father's side, right? Mm-hmm. She must be. I'm just saying, if my brother's wife, or not wife, but the mother of my niece is literally gunned down, I'm going to look for her. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to find out where she is if I'm supposed to be, like, this level-headed good character. Mm-hmm. Last, last I heard, she was following some 25-year-old nigga to Texas. Oh, no, the fuck. Come on, we black. Mm-hmm. It's like, where in Texas? Yeah. Where in Texas? Does anybody Texas? know anything about where my niece went to? Does anyone know a black dude named Gavin? Can't be too many. <laughs> <laughs> he calls himself Gavin now. Gavin <laughs> with an apostrophe. <laughs> There's just so many holes that never get dug, that never get filled in in this book, <gasps> that it just starts to really grate on your nerves. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, the 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 authors can literally because I'll when I'm doing my show, I will literally forget to circle back to something when I'm talking. So if you're writing 300 pages, you will forget to do something. But there's two of you. Mm-hmm. One of y'all should be like, yo, remember this? I took notes on this. We mm-hmm. should talk about Pissy Butt Annalise. <laughs> and how this random person in the back of this fucking funeral knows her. And why nobody knows Gavin. Because if they all grew up in the same neighborhood, somebody should be like, yo, Gavin. Because there there's not that many black people in Portland. There's not. I'd imagine like, not. Famously. I'm I'm from Cali and my family's up in uh Washington. So we drive through all the time. And I can tell you there's not. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. way more likely to end up Portland, Oregon, Oregon as a whole doesn't like the blacks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm exactly we don't the like same. Live in California, family in Washington. Hell no, I'm not stopping in Oregon. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, it's you like mean it's we like, gotta go to Medford. Fuck you! I just mm-hmm. feel like the Klan is everywhere in Oregon, and the only <laughs> safe spot is in Portland because the Nike st- the Nike shop is nearby. <laughs> so <laughs> you're telling me that none of whole the- is just no, known, known, mm. well known. So mm. that's why when it started in Portland with this shootout, I was like, Portland, because the author's from Portland. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I don't even care. <laughs> so I don't I'm even just care. saying. It me up because I'm like, what are the, what are the, what's the hood of Portland like? White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's like riding around in like um, rural Washington. It's like, oh, shit. The, the hood of Portland, it's like when your friend says, I, I'm going to put, pass me the ox, my nigga. I got a Spotify playlist of some of the hardest gangster shit you're going to ever hear. It's straight from the hood. It's straight from the gutter, my nigga. Let's go. And you pass in the ox, and it's all fucking g Easy. That's what the hood of Portland is like. <laughs> I, I didn't really... these examples. <laughs> and the metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> That's this good writing, Molly. Like. This is what Quality my show writing. is like. I'm literally like reading these books, and I'm like, this is what I feel like right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did talent. listen to one episode and like I kind of get it because reading this you kind of have to stop and you'll be like I gotta tell somebody about this mm-hmm. shit because this ain't okay <laughs> it ain't right 
need to talk to somebody. <laughs> oh, gosh. <sighs> okay. So that's Zakia. She fuck. takes off her. She has an Annalise. Um, now I can't remember Keating. Keating where mm-hmm. she takes, she's crying. She takes off her bright blue wig. Mm-hmm. And she's just got the braids on underneath. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, she's reformed, but not mm-hmm. really. No. So, well, you, well, you know, there's, the there's the moment where she's like, you know, um, ever since I met Gavin, Gavin convinced me to take the wig off and wear my hair proper. Basically, basically mm-hmm. convinced me to take the wig out. And I started wearing twists, you mm-hmm. know, with just a little bit of color at the bottom, real sophisticated. And that I felt ombre. This mm-hmm. is grooming mm-hmm. people when your man is telling you, you know what, when you, <laughs> you know what would happen if I told my wife, hey, baby. Why don't you take those uh, sister looks out your hair and, uh, you know, just wear some nice little natural, wear, wear an afro. Fuck you, nigga. Do you know how much it would cost me to do this shit? Do you know how much it costs me to put this shit together? Do you know how long it takes for these appointments to happen? Do you want me to do this for your ass? Now, my wife is one of the most wonderful people in the entire world. Like, I love her more than fucking almost anything. And she wouldn't flash on me like that. But you know who should have flashed on somebody like that? With somebody who's cheating with her on their sister? You know who should have flashed on somebody like that? The person who just beat up her sister in a fucking funeral? You know who should have flashed on somebody like that? Instead of just saying, Gavin's so smart. Yeah, Yeah, he's embarrassed by her. And I feel like she, that's what she needs to be mad about. She's like, it's rude. I kept waiting for it during that argument where she's like, it's rude you didn't introduce me. He's embarrassed by you, boo-boo. Yeah, he's embarrassed yep. by you. That's why you yep. changed your hair. Yeah, that's why he. That's that's why he didn't want to introduce you to his friend. Yeah, that's why he wanted talk- to get out of that fight. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this, like this idea that like black women's hair is so, even in like books where it's like written for black women by black women, it's like, oh well, you know, your blue lace front is mm-hmm. not as um, proper. It's not helping the cause. It's not helping the cause as these like butt length uh, soft locks. But it's like, you know what, boo-boo, it's the same synthetic hair in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's stop talking about. And there's always this scene, I feel like, even in like this, this idea of elevated or properness, where it's like, I'm taking off the wig and I'm putting on a curlier wig. Mm-hmm. And I just... You can put the uh, Molly's wig moment. <laughs> in there for oh, for unbelievable episode for unbelievable. Because it just that that annoyed me. Because I bet like she spent some money on those synthetic wig. Well, were they synthetic? I don't know. On that blue wig, she spent a little bit of money, and I bet it was cute. And I just did style. not appreciate Gavin telling her to take that shit off. Yeah, that was the last thing I had to say about this. Um, yeah. Oh, we can't just touch on Dalo a bit. So oh. Dalo, I assume he's mm-hmm. gonna be a he's a threat in two and three because he's like, you better not be stepping out on me, even though he didn't really seem to care about her or them kids. <sighs> what were the kids' names? Deshaun and Delinda. <laughs> so. I'm not gonna get on them about the the kids' names because you know there's there's white kids named Apple. So. It's not that; it's that they're named after the daddy. After the daddy, because the mom's like, like yeah. they're, they're, they're making it seem, and the thing is about it, they made Dalo seem like the best dad that he could be given the circumstances. That's what I'm saying. It's like that the kids. <sighs> mm-hmm. Sorry, that just annoyed me. 
mm-hmm. that they both were named after the daddy and he can't stay out of jail and it's like he For punches her in the stomach yeah it's like, but as soon as but as soon as he get out of jail he's right back to the house playing video games with his son with his daughter sitting on his lap because he's a good father he's just got hood in him that's what they were trying to imply i guess but if you're giving I want my son and my daughter to have names that are after me to show that I love them more. Like the possession is like, what exactly are we doing with this? Like, what are you implying with this? And are you saying that Zakia doesn't care about her kids at all? Because when they're not with Dalo, they're with her bestie Mm, or they're with her auntie and they're never with her. Mm-mm. So are we implying that she's a bad mother? Tell me she's a bad mother without telling me she's a bad mother is mm-hmm. basically what's happening here. And mm-hmm. I didn't like that. That's I like what that I got too. Even though she's taking care of them, she's making them the cheesy Mac. She got them <laughs> in this big house by sleeping with Gavin. I'm just saying, what is Daylo really doing for these Nothing. kids to be named after them? Isn't he Dick. only out a week before he gets out? And then he's got his friend stalking her and keeping tabs on the house, which I that was creepy cool with. This feels like when you tell a lie and then you still have to start adding details to build onto the lie. And pretty soon you lose track of all the different details. You just have to keep adding it on. Like there's no, there's no thought put into yeah. any of this. It feels they like a big ass game of telephone. Yeah, they just, they're just writing like shit. If your coworkers' family is real ratchet, and they're coming in on Monday to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But you keep forgetting who everybody is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So at some point, it's just like, oh, shit. He beat him up. And it's like, wait, that don't make no sense. And then yeah. what? Right? Like, because you're listen. just bored and you don't want to go back to your desk. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then what happened? Yep. Sometimes my kids will come up and start talking to me. And when they were younger, this would happen a lot. Like when they were seven and eight. They come up and they'd be making up a story because they knew that I was a storyteller. And so they'd be trying to make me happy by telling me a story Aww. or something that happened at school or whatever it may be. And you just be sitting there like you're not really engaged in the story. It's a little kid telling a fucking story. It's stupid. I'm, I'm sorry. I love my kids to pieces. I love my kids. Oh, my God. I tell my family that they're the five chambers of my heart because I have my wife Aww. and we have our four kids. But little kids cannot tell a story to save their goddamn lives. So... You're sitting there like, this is boring as fuck. And if they mention Fortnite one more time, I'm going to get up and walk out. But you got to be like, for real? And then what? And then what happened? And circle back so then they don't get despondent because you're not paying attention to them. And they just pull away from the conversation. You know what I'm talking about. And so you got to act like you're engaged, but you're really not. That's these books. But at least the little kid isn't charging you $7. (laughs) (laughs) had a free had a free week guess who the fuck banged this shit out (laughs) all three of them so this was that free i'm not mad because i got exactly what they were worth by getting it during the free trial of kindle unlimited and i think that's the thing that just really it's just it's bad and you're just wrapping it up and trying to make money the the it's just we've put more thought into this book than they did writing it And that's the problem when we're sitting here, literally, and I talked about this, like, I'm not going to keep saying I talked about this because obviously I talked about this. But when you spend more time building a backstory for why the fuck something happened in this book than they spent, because, okay, let's talk about the last character of this book, the last main character of this book, the non-existent editor. (laughs) (laughs) That was so brutal. 
I don't, I don't understand how you can have so many typos, how you can have so many missed commas, missed periods, how you can have so many run-on things, how you could just read this book and be like, yeah, this is dope. This is good. Like, were you reading this book at the end of a long night when you're you you have your white noise machine playing in the background and there's rain and you're tired and you just feel like you skipped, but you actually didn't skip because that's the next paragraph in the book. Like somebody's job is to say, you know what, this to this doesn't read right. This doesn't make sense. By you doing this one small thing, by you leaving out this one comma, by you saying Gavin at the beginning of this paragraph when you really fucking meant Dalo. Mm-hmm. You change the entire frame of the book. We can't allow this to go out because, to quote Marlo, my name is my name. You're coming out under my publishing company. My name is my name. I can't let this happen. You did it three times. That's what pissed me off about this book. Not that they wrote it. You can write whatever you want. You can, you can write whatever you want. That's cool. But there's somebody whose whole job is to take what you write and make it into something manageable. And they didn't. Mm -hmm. And you went right back to them two more times to see if they were going to fix the second and third time. And they did not. And that looks bad on us. When white people look at urban fiction, if they read this book, they're going to see what you did. And that looks bad on us. That's what makes me mad. I'm trying to find the publisher to see yeah, because, like, I remember, I remember when we were early starting this, and I did some research, and like, there are publishing houses. Like, this is what they do: they pro they write and they push out and they promote like urban thick, and they are legit businesses. And that made me even more angry. It's like, okay, this is your full time job is writing or at least distributing these stories. Why can't you at least just have someone go through and like? make sure they read right, that they make sense. Why are you taking someone's first draft and then mm -hmm. turning around and charging me $5 to read it and then turning around and saying, okay, you don't get the rest of the story until you pay another $6.99 to read the rest, which is equally unpublished. It feels like the publishing house is, I wonder, I wonder if it's predatory, like, you know how some publishing houses are predatory towards the author where they charge mm. the author. I feel like, is that what this is where like, I'm the, they're getting it on both ends. They're getting the authors to pay them. Cause, cause maybe you have to pay for editing. Maybe you have to pay extra. Like you have to provide your own editing. We're not doing that for you. And then you're charging the consumer too. It definitely feels like a sweatshop. If nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Um, in, in the um, way that they just kind of churn these stories out. Um, because I read Horson, uh, for Ratchet Book Club, which was, that was rough. Oh, that was rough. But the thing I could say, the reason why it was rough, is because of the grittiness of the story and the time it was in, um, and the fuckery that happened in the story. It wasn't because of the writing. The editing was on point. It was perfect. There was not one wasted sentence. There was not one wasted word in this entire book where it's about a, a literal pimp slapping women for an entire book there was not one wasted word meanwhile that book came out in 1965 so you're telling me that 56 years later yeah 56 years later we've taken a step back as far as what we're looking for when it comes to editing and what we're what we're allowing ourselves to read and that's what pisses me off that this book was shoddy 
it was completely mm-hmm. shoddily done. Mm-hmm. And it felt like there's books for Kindle Unlimited that are called singles. And it's just like a chapter, maybe like mm-hmm. 40 pages, 50 pages. And now Dean Koontz is doing it and John Grisham's doing it. But a lot of yeah, but a lot of black authors are doing it as well. And those are the books where it's just like they didn't have an editor. They're they're doing self-editing for this. And this book feels like it's self-editing. And that pissed me off because it's not. Mm. It was um the no, it was um this could be us, but you play in, which was is, very I feel like mm-hmm, was the most similar to this. And it's like like I said at the top, like someone who loves these kinds of stories anyway. Like, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, I want to read it, but I want to read it well. Like, we always Mm -hmm. talk about, like, the white person in your head. And it's like, I really don't care what they think. Like, I don't care if it's a bad reflect. I don't don't give a fuck. I don't care if it's, like, a hood story, if it's a ratchet story. Right. But it's like, like you said, Danielle, if people are reading this shit, if they're, like, really engaging it, you look at the cartel and it's like, how many cartel books do they have? 15, 15, 20, and oh my God. A lot. And so there's a market for it. So it's like, well, why isn't this market worth putting out your best effort? A little bit of effort. And so it's like, I don't want to blame the author for this because I don't know. But it's like you said, there wasn't that editor's touch. There wasn't somebody saying like, well, how about we restructure it? How about we clean this up? And it's like, why aren't we getting that if these books are making money? Because there's three of these. There's 10 of the cartel. There's Another addicted or um, not addicted. Um, coldest winter ever. Coldest winter ever just came out. So it's like, why can't, why aren't we getting the same level because, of polish? Because I, if I, if I go to a restaurant and my food is burnt and I eat it and then I come to the restaurant the next time and I'm like, you know what? My food was burnt the last time I was here and they burn my food and I eat it again. And then I leave and I come back again with my wife and I'm like, yo, they burnt my food here twice. If they burn my food again, I'm going to be quite put out and they burn my food again and I eat it. You know what I'm telling the company? Mm. I'm telling them that I don't mind my food being burnt. Right. I'm, I'm not, I'm going to eat whatever it is you give me. And, and it's easier for them to be able to just, again, churn these books out without editing because nobody, for the most part, the Danny, your review was the first review I saw that was actually critical of this mm-hmm. book. Everybody oh, yeah. else is just like, oh my God, this book was just the best ratchetness that I ever saw in my entire life. And nobody wants to really be the first one to stand up and be like, we should hold these folks to the same standard that we hold white books to. That's the problem. That's my thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, because it has nothing to do with white audiences and saying, like, we don't want white audiences to see these books and see, like, I'm your audience. I don't okay. I don't want it either. Like, can I get an edit? And I was going to say, they pick and choose what I think they pay attention to because this cover has had some attention on it. Like, that cover has been photoshopped and designed and put in a way like that. It's not that woman's head. It is very <laughs> distracting. That is not that woman's head, and I cannot deal with it. So they've put some attention there. They're like, we're, the thing that sells it. And then once you got it and you're reading the content and you're reading, like, the content... It's less effort there. It's just an empty book. Like mm-hmm. these these series, there's nothing worse for a, a for a reader. There's nothing worse than just wasting your time. Yeah. Because a lot of things are infinite. But unfortunately, and 
I see, you know, my wife wears glasses. Some of my kids wear glasses. My wife keeps telling me I'm going to end up wearing glasses because I have good vision. She's she's petty. Um, (laughs) But your vision is your vision is finite, you know, and so I don't want to have to listen to a book. I want to be able to smell a book and read a book and all that kind of stuff. And my opportunities to do that are finite. So I don't want to waste some of my chances to read a really good book, a world-changing book, reading Loving My Wife and Her Sister to Jordan Edition. I don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I Time have is to because, because of the way that they wrote it, I have to finish this out. I'm not a person who's just going to leave a book. Be- well, I would, except for the fact that I was reading for a show. And that wasted my time, and that's time I can never get back. So mm-hmm. if you listen to the show... I can tell you right now, by the time you get to the third book, you can literally hear the disgust in my voice. Every time I start reading the book, I hate the book. And sometimes I wonder if I read them separately, if I given them space, if I given them time, I was like, would I have given it a, would I have been more compassionate towards that third book? And the answer is no, because the way that they started the first book is the way they ended the last book with no direction with no real meaning past that, the title of the book. And the title of the book was all that they had to catch me on. And then they went and they just fucked it up by not actually making it a compelling novel at all. We should have known that the first book was going to be an issue where they didn't even, like y'all said, when they didn't even have that confrontation until the last fucking page of the book. That's an issue. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that your book isn't worth anything, but you gotta you gotta have something to make people want to read the second book. Because mm-hmm. if they had just closed that book off, I wouldn't have gone anywhere else. I would have been like, okay, cool. Well, see, I, don't know. I guess I'm more petty because I was like, I don't need to read book two and three. I don't. I I went and I looked up the synopsis because the synopsis tell too much information. So I just read it on Kindle on the Amazon website, and I was like, okay, I got a general nothing. They're not that you know creative, so I didn't expect it to do anything wild. I was like, okay, I got everything I need. Mm-hmm. But I'm I just I, fifteen dollars if you buy this book paperback. By the way, fifteen dollars. Not so. worth it. Is there anything else we want to touch on? I feel like we we all look kind of drained. That's what this book does to people. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just recommendations. No, I don't recommend. No, I recommend. And you I think burn this book. Yeah, it is interesting to see, like, the difference in quality between, like, these indie ones we've read and then Addicted. And um, I went back and gave Cartel a higher rating after reading this book. I went and bumped it up to two stars because I was like, you know what? Cartel had a plot. Cartel had characters I didn't absolutely despise. Cartel (laughs) attempted. I'm only working on the first one. Cartel had, um, it, it didn't do a lot, like it's still only two stars, but they attempted to like devote some time developing relationships and conflicts between the characters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there was, they, they attempted to put a story there together. They did more than what this book did. So I was like, you know what? I can't say Cartel is the worst book I read in 2021 anymore. Even if I don't think they handled it well. And if I didn't like the vibe, they attempted it. Like the conflict was murder mama, other, they're on two different sides of this conflict. And then they get in a love story. And no, I'm like, no, okay, Juliet. That's, that's mm-hmm. something. It's something. I'll take or even, it. Even um, what was the St. Louis one? Hold you down. <laughs> Hold you down. Even that one had more of a plot. I don't know. I feel like I was just more disappointed. Like I just wanted more from it. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm just a little bit more lenient 
Mm-hmm. If the book isn't as polished just because of what I read on the regular. And I think I just, I'm more willing to just cut a book off. Like I was just like, oh, fuck it. Like if I'm not liking it, if I'm not feeling it, even for the podcast, I'm kind of like, there <laughs> times where we're like, I, I was even said, I was like, I didn't finish that one because it just was not worth my time or energy. So we both have had at least one book where we're just like, I didn't do it. It's like, I nope, nope. I just couldn't. And I think we've always just been honest, like the reasoning for it. Like, I don't, I don't, and I know like there's a big divide. It's like, can you DNF books? Can you do this? Can you do that? And it's like, fuck, send that back to the library, send it back to Audible. I just don't care. But I just feel like it was all that click, click, click. And it just never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm kind of like, that was why I wouldn't recommend it. And then when it did start going somewhere, you got basically what was a paywall. Yes. 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 So. Yes. And I don't know if that's this, this because I'm thinking about the three books. Well, it's hold you down. Is that indie or no? But I, definitely, this could be us and you playing in this one had that same kind of similar structure where it's like it ends right where some shit is going to happen, and mm-hmm. then you're like you feel compelled to get the next book. And it's like, well, shit, I can get that on Twitter. I can get that <laughs> on the read. I can get that like on Instagram, you know what I mean? Like if I just really want to read some mess. Mm-hmm. It's published by Urban Books, which is the most generic name for a street street fic company I've ever heard. But it does look like it's an actual publishing house. Urban Books and Urban Books Media, your home for African-American fiction, including books by Carl Weber. That one was a little bit better. Like it if was. I were to rank, it would go like, you know, coldest winter ever and addicted and then you would go hold you down and then you'd have this could be us what you playing and my sister too same did you see our girl ashley got a name drop in this book i did (laughs) i love that part i I love it so much when it's just like because it's the same thing we do with twitter with podcasts where we where Mm -hmm. we say yo big up to this person i love when they do that for real for real for real like it makes me happy what doesn't make me happy is when they big themselves up like when uh, in the cartel they go and buy an Ashley into Quavis book. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't. I mean, and and this is coming from a podcaster who has his own T-shirts. Like I buy my own shit. I buy my merchandise. I have my face on my shirt. But for some reason, when they did it, it was just like, ugh. Huh. But you know, if nobody else is gonna big you up, you have to big yourself up. You gotta so. love yourself first. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't recommend this book because it is hell <laughs> and, um, there's nothing, uh, beneficial that comes from it. Save your mm-hmm. time, like mm-hmm. go to the park and, and you can literally take a nap for like three hours. You could go to the park. You can go to the movies. You can play with your kids. You can actually love your significant other the way that they deserve to be loved. Um, <laughs> You can go learn how to cook something new. You can write an angry letter to your governor about why the fuck they still don't believe in COVID. There are so many different things that you can do in your life rather than wasting your time reading this book. You can pick up a new hobby. Shit, you can jack off until your dick or your clitoris goes numb. Like, you can do that. You can literally hurt yourself. You can pull your shit out of joint if you want to. You can do so many better things than reading this fucking book. You can go to a bar and start a bar fight. Get arrested. (laughs) Get bailed out. 
Go to court. Say that you're innocent. Find out if you're guilty because it's on tape. Say, I didn't even know that that was there. Try and get out of that. Go to jail. Get out of jail two days later with a new tattoo. Go home. Tell your kids what happened. Tell them that you were actually at camp. And it'll still be better than you reading this book. You can literally go to church when the pastor starts preaching and says, do not move because I'm doing my sermon. Stand up in the middle of it and stretch and yawn and say, oh, here we go. And the pastor gets mad at you for standing and stretching in the middle of his fucking sermon. You say, I know what you did with that kid last summer, even though it's not true. Get into a fight at church. Get beat up by a deacon. Go to jail. Get out of jail. Go to court. Explain to the pastor that the devil made you do it. Get invited back into the church. Still all Offering and it's still more beneficial to reading this book. I don't recommend it. Solid no. <laughs> Solid no. Do we feel better at least? Like I feel like I've, I've taken this book off my phone, off my Kindle. It is returned to Kindle Unlimited. I have mm -hmm. freed myself from it. I feel relief. I just, I didn't even think about it after I finished it. <laughs> like well, it's it better just, than both of us. <laughs> it was just like if my mind was a smooth stone and this was water <laughs> passing over it, it made no impression on me. <laughs> Molly's in a much healthier place, I think. <laughs> I'm just busy. I'm trying to move house. <laughs> I didn't have the time. So no, I'm with you. And everything you said was true. Like you can you could start you could start writing your own book. Mm -hmm. You could like sit there and plat out and write your own messy book and read it and probably do a better you know, a better use of your time. I actually wrote a audio drama called Sin and Solace way back, way back, like in 2011. And it's better in this book. Um, and it was acted using people who were on Twitter who had never acted before in their lives, just reading on Twitter through Skype back when Skype wasn't <laughs> recording. So we had to record through this janky ass thing and it was still better than this book. Like this book, the one benefit of this book, I will say this, this book. So there's rappers, there's musicians, there's people who put stuff out and it makes you literally say, I can do that. <laughs> So that's what this book did. It inspired it, it, you to. It makes you say, I can do that. If this is what they put now nowadays, I can do that. Mm -hmm. That's this book. This mm -hmm. book should be the jump off for a bunch of better writers. I just and I just I just read all those Goodread reviews and I read what they're saying. I'm like, where? But ma'am, are you family? Because if you're family, okay, I get it. That's your friend. She wrote this book. You're gonna pump her up. I get it. If I hope if I wrote a bad urban fic. That Molly's on there giving me a review. Because <laughs> that's what friends do. I would do I... it. <laughs> hey, it's like, like the they said. It's like the it's like the the it's like one of the niggas uh Slim Charles said in the wire. If it's a lie, we go to war on that lie. Like if your book sucked, I'ma tell everybody it's great. And cause that's what homies do, but all of these fuckers ain't they friends. Like this <laughs> cannot be real life. There is no way that there are this many good reviews on Goodreads. This makes me literally side-eye the entire organization of Goodreads. Like, how are all of y'all thinking that this is good and I know it's not? I was joking about this, but I do think there is some sort of like pay, like you like scratch my back, you scratch your back, I scratch my back. And I think mm -hmm. there is something in the community, in the author yeah. community, I spent for some reason some time in like the urban 
urban fic writers like community like where you leave me a good review mm-hmm. and then when you get yours out or if yours are out i'll go and leave you a good review i'm not mm-hmm. saying that could be all of it but i'm saying that might that might be something it's so. a big part of it i'm certain so derek what are you currently reading that you are enjoying god damn it you mean i am enjoying wait that i'm enjoying or just <laughs> what you're reading yeah. okay i am reading the cartel book three commencement okay. enjoying it Nah. What I've learned about these books, though, one thing that I've learned from reading uh, Hood Classics is that people usually blow their load on the first book, and the second book is fucking horrible. I haven't read a sophomore book yet that was like, you know what, that was good, and I want to I keep going. So the Cartel 1, yeah, y'all were good to stop after that first one, because the Cartel 2 is where it literally goes into misogyny hell. And the first book, the first book was in misogyny hell already with them saying, Mm -hmm. I know what women want. And I don't want you dressed like a hooker because you're my sister and all Mm -hmm. that. It gets worse. Oh, wow. Just all these things. Like, seriously, just thinking about it. And and if you go and look at the Ratchet Book Club Twitter feed, you'll see some of the listeners who are writing in. And all they put is three words. Fuck this book. (laughs) That could be a T-shirt. Merch. (laughs) Fuck this book, Ratchet Book Club. You know what? There you go. There you go. There you go. I buy one. Oh, gosh. I was going to have a recommendation for next January's pick. So apparently the woman in that couple, Ashley, writes a lot of books under her own pen name, under her Mm -hmm. own name. Um, There's a whole, like, I think it starts with A Moth to a Flame, and it has yeah. all these spinoff series, Ethic and then Butterfly, but apparently um, like A Moth to a Flame is a, the one that starts it. I would love to see a book written just by her, so then I could see what it looks like when she doesn't have a man writing with her, mm-hmm. and so that male gaze and that male voice isn't in there, because one of the things that really irritated me that didn't show up, this is one of the things that I liked about uh, love my wife and her sister too because it was written by two ladies. I have a question. I don't mean to extend the conversation even longer because I know we've been talking for two hours. This is a street thick book, but it doesn't. This book takes place in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. It takes place in the suburbs. <laughs> One of them's married. He got three kids. I mean, it, it takes place in Portland. It yeah. does. It and it doesn't have a lot of those genre trappings. So I'm like, yeah. is it still technically? Yeah, because it's like a lot of the things that I like, a lot a lot of the fun stuff. Like I like when they're saying like, "Oh, I'm wearing this and I'm wearing that, and <laughs> we're going out, we're having fancy meals, and I'm like the king of the neighborhood, all that stuff." And that's not really in this book. Like they're not super said, rich uh, or super broke, right? Michaela, oh, she's trying to protect her lifestyle. I was gonna be a hater and be like, "What lifestyle? <laughs> like you got a rented house in Dallas? You're okay. a housewife in Dallas? Okay." It, it it didn't, I don't know what this actually fell under. Like I said, it was just like how the thought that counts wasn't what I thought it was going to be when I actually opened the book. Mm-hmm. That's, um, the that's, that's, that's upsetting that, with that name. That title, uh, it, right. the title, the opportunities. Well, just go and, you know, <laughs> so it, it's on Ratchet Book Club. It's on the feed. It's one of the ambiance that I call the, so I read a book. For the cartel, I usually read two cartel books back to back, but I'll read a book. And then my beloved wife, she loves wine. And so when we first started dating, because I wanted to be around her, I would take her to wineries, but I fucking hate wine. So she'd be drinking the wine and I saw these bowls of 
crackers just sitting on the tables where the wine was. And I was like, oh, I'm hungry. I don't have any other food here. I'll try the these crackers. The crackers have no flavor. The reason why they have the crackers are to take away the taste of the wine that you just ate to neutralize the the taste in your mouth. So then when you sample the next wine, you could taste all the aromas and whatever, the fruits or whatever. So I started calling them ambiance crackers because Uh they are crackers that are meant to change the mood. So then you can move on to the next thing and taste the next thing. So in between these books that I read, I'll do an ambiance cracker. Like one for one, I read a letter from Zane about a woman who it was ratchet. And then I read a, a, a letter from a woman on Reddit whose husband or boyfriend uh, kept going back to the same waf- waffle house to fight the cook. It was ratchet. <laughs> and, then, and then for one, I read um, there's this wonderful writer named Jeffrey Deaver. Uh, who does a book? He has a he wrote the uh, Lincoln Rhyme series, the Bone Collector series, uh, and he has this book called Twisted. Um, and so, for a few of the ambiance crackers, I read a few chapters from Twisted because they're each a separate story, and that was dope. One of the books I did for an ambiance cracker was The Thought That Counts, and so it's a single chapter, it's a single story read, like a single episode read. Okay. Um, and so you can get through it, and I'm gonna have to check it out. Ugh, fuck that book. <laughs> I'm gonna make that T-shirt because I say that. I'm telling you, put it on a mug, put it on a T-shirt, the merch. <laughs> the marketing mind is always going. Right. What have you read, Molly? Um. So you inspired me to pick up my crochet and finally finish that damn blanket from last winter, <laughs> which I did. But like, I always gotta have something like an audiobook or something when I'm crocheting because it's like mm-hmm. so you need something to do. I have one audiobook and then one print book. Um, I started Lancaster York by Allison Weir. Um, that's about the War of the Roses. And again, I keep saying I love messy shit. And she's like, it's like history. It's like the she wrote those Henry VIII books that I read. Uh-huh. And it was like, and then he said, and then she said that she was as ugly as her picture. And so it's it's very messy, but like the setting is different. So it's very good. It's talking about all these old English pe- people who hate each other and they're just like, you know, starting shit. Um, it's another like 40 hour book, um, which, which you're you about. know, yeah, it's like the audiobook has to be more than 14 bucks <laughs> so <I get> the, <laughs> for the credit. So I got that. And then I asked people on um, Twitter and a lot of people were saying Count of Monte Cristo. So I'm going to read that next. Ooh, that's a big um, one. Yeah, because I like I tried to read it and it's like that thing you said is like you just don't have enough time to sit down, especially with a toddler working, all this stuff. So I'm going to try classics on audiobook and see if that's like, you know, more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for um, my fun book, I just got it here because I just got it and I've only read a few of them, but I got hashtag Wednesday Wisdom, 300 Good, Bad and Ugly. Um SBCC chat updates. Oh, please send me the link. I want that. <laughs> oh, their shit is fire. Their shit is so good. Do you know that um, that Twitter account, Danielle? I don't think and so. I'm looking at link on the name. Oh, shit. Is it six black chicks? I, six I black thought- chicks. Yes. 
And every Wednesday they will do like um, love advice. And it's just the wildest things ever. And the people are so sincere. They are really asking for help. And every time it's like, log off Twitter, get a lawyer, get a moving van, find Jesus, something. So it's all updates. Um, Look at that. And it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's just fun and it's just dumb. And I just highly recommend it. Um, While well, you are bookmarking that, <laughs> what did you read? I had a very disappointing uh, last few reading weeks. So not including Loving My Wife and Her Sister too. I also read In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado, which sounds like I read two books with really great, interesting premises and they didn't deliver. So this one, it tells the story of like, her abusive relationship. She was in an abusive relationship with this woman and it uses like tropes from pop, from horror mm-hmm. to like sort of tell it. But I don't know, her writing style and I, we just don't click. It often feels like really overdone and really MFA. Mm-hmm. And it's like, could you just get to the point? Elevated. Yes. And it's like, oh, it's, it's kind of exhausting. I appreciated the history I learned and like how racism and sexism can play into this stuff because she cites some sources, but it was all right. And then... I gave it two stars. And then the second book I read, which really disappointed me right before I started this one was Survive the Night by Riley Sager. And I was mad because this one had a great premise. So it's a college student in the 90s. She goes to a ride board to get a ride home. She meets this dude named Josh. They're riding in the middle of the night and she begins to suspect that he might be the serial killer known on campus as the campus killer. And she's not sure because she can't really trust her own, like she can't trust what she's seeing because she thinks maybe she's just being paranoid. And so you think it's going to be this really tense story where they're in this car and it's like back and forth, like, is he or isn't he? It goes off the rails immediately. It is so bonkers. It is so absurd. It is, they lie to you, which I hate. They pull that unreliable narrator stuff, but it's really just the author lying. Mm -hmm. that's, That's not the same. So it was also a one star. So disappointing reading week. Um, and then I finished up loving my wife and her sister too. Um, can so. I, I know since I, I said the stuff I was reading for the podcast, which isn't enjoyable at all. Can I talk about one book that I have that I absolutely yeah. love? Yeah. Um, yeah. and every time I read it, I absolutely love it. And it's a black author. Um, it is a man though. Um, That's so, um, it's a book called dark corners. Um, Dark Corner, I'm sorry, not plural. And it's written by a gentleman by the name of Brandon Massey. Um, And it is about a town in Mississippi called Dark Corner um, that is taken over by black vampires. Mm, That sounds fun. It was, it's wonderful. So what I'm doing is no matter what I'm doing with Ratchet Book Club, when October gets here for Halloween, I'm going to stop and I'm going to read uh, Dark Corner um, for Halloween. But it is such a wonderful read. It had um, whispers. <laughs> Sound like a winery guy. It had whispers of Stephen King in it. Um, it. It had just the right amount of horror and action and 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 just it's almost perfect 
It is. And I really think that y'all would enjoy it. Um, I urge y'all to check it out. Um, He put out a second book that didn't hit the same way. But, you know, it wasn't a sequel. So it wasn't like it was a sophomore thing. It was just the second book was a different uh, idea that didn't land. And sometimes it's like that. But he took that first book and made Illmatic uh, with it. So I I do recommend that to everybody. Again, it is Dark Corner uh, by Brandon Massey. Um, And I thought it was, I still think that it's absolutely wonderful. It is also available on Kindle Unlimited, so I can check that out. Yes. I guess it's time for us to wrap up, Molly. We want to thank our patrons, Allie, Alyssa, Andrea, Brittany, Brianna, Catherine, Ellen, Emily, Erica, Frank, Heather, I found this great book podcast, Jennifer, Kat, Martel, Montera, Nolia, Ruth, Sylvia, Therese, Whitney, and YM. Thank you so much for your support. Without you, we couldn't make this podcast. Literally. You can follow us on Twitter at BlackChickLit on Instagram at BCL Podcast, and visit us at blackchicklit.com. Derek, will you tell us where we can find you? (laughs) So um, it's probably easiest if I tell you uh, that on Twitter, I am uh, there at Ratchet Book Club. Um, That's the one that I use the most because I have like eight profiles. Also, uh, if you want to check out the show, which I really do appreciate. Um, and you want to hear the rest of my shows in the, uh, I just started a, a network for myself, like of all my shows, <laughs> like a network of just my shit. Um, it's the first level boss network. You can go to Linktree um, slash SSCast. And if you go there, it has literally all my other shows on there as well. So you can find them all and click on them. And then it has a Spotify link, stuff like that. Shows I do are Flark and Beautiful. And they deserve your time. Um, speaking of deserving your time, thank you so much for letting me take y'all's. I really do appreciate it. Oh, um, no, it this means- was fun. Of course. We yeah. always we always love having guests on here. Um, we always keep it the same energy. So we appreciate when people can roll. <laughs> um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify. We're everywhere podcasts are if we're not yell at us on twitter which y'all love no, to do know. we will get it up we promise pod chaser <laughs> review them on pod chaser the cool thing about pod chaser and this is how i close out all of my shows now the cool thing about pod chaser is that they can leave a review for your show overall but then they can also leave reviews for each separate episode mm. oh, that's cool Okay. So they can you know, really dig in and let us yeah. know. How so we... if there's something that they really liked about a separate or a certain episode, they can let you know, this is what I dug about this. And then you'll know that you should mm. keep doing that sort of a thing. That's helpful. Because cool. right now it's just people yelling at us when we hate their fave on Twitter. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which we encourage. We love feedback. We like engagement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have any questions or comments, send them to contact at blackchicklit.com. We also, as always, want to say thank you to Sweet 45 for our theme, Jonesen. You can find them on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash sweet45. That's S-U-I-T-E-4-5. And that's it. That's an episode. That's that is episode. a, that was a great episode. <laughs> Again, thank y'all for having me. I do greatly appreciate it. Let me know when it comes out so I can share it with the masses. Well, thank you for coming you. on. No worries. That was fun. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to do thank it again. Yes. I would love it. I would absolutely love that. All right. All right. Bye. Oh, yeah.